Hey everybody, this is Steve Anderson, animation director and storyboard artist, and you are listening to the Skull Rock Podcast. Skull Rock Podcast, talking all things Disney, with your hosts, El John Go and Dave Bossert. Happy holidays and welcome to Skull Rock Podcast. Every week, we talk about all things Disney and pop culture with never before heard stories, behind the scenes moments from some of your favorite Disney films, theme park attractions, books, performances, music, and much, much more. I'm co-host Al John Go, and you can find me and email me, A-L-J-O-N, Al John, at SkullRockPodcast.com. And I'm Dave Bossard. I'm an artist, filmmaker, author, and welcome to the Skull Rock Podcast. If you love Disney and pop culture, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, you can also email me at Dave at SkullRockPodcast.com. Al John, how are you today? I'm good. I am enjoying being off and on vacation Awesome. Awesome. I'm on a holiday I, I, break. There you go. I, I slipped into it myself as of yesterday. Uh, I, I do want to uh, mention real quick. We, we got a lovely, lovely note from one of our listeners, Scott Rosen. Wait, wait, you mean, said, you mean we actually got one of these? There you go. Any you excuse know? I can, I can hit a button. I'm going to yeah, use absolutely, it. Absolutely. Right. Right? And I love it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Scott, Scott said to us, uh, just want to say how great the show has been this whole year. Oh, I really have liked the guests and all the stories. I was really intrigued and excited by Steve Anderson's appearance. As I do agree that meet the Robinsons is very underrated mm. and was super excited to hear that he was being, he is, been working on a book post Walt's death and up until the Renaissance. There has been so little written about that period from aristocrats through Oliver and company. And I am over the moon excited that this book is coming and I had to write to tell you, well, Scott, thank you so much for listening to us. And uh, we really enjoyed having uh, Steve <laughs> Anderson on and also that little tidbit about his book. Yeah. How about that? I was really, that was really cool. A nice reveal. You see, we break stories here on Skull I'm Rock. telling you, yeah. absolutely. And you know what? It's, it's just great getting those kinds of notes from our listeners. And we've been getting lovely notes from people all over the world, which is unbelievable to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one reason why we are part of the 2021 Disney podcast to follow. Uh, being in that top 100 list and, and being in the top 15, that's pretty, pretty awesome. We're number 13. We're number 13. There you go. Hey, so, and that's all because of you all. And what an amazing year we've had on the show. And so many great guests. And 2022 looks awfully bright. We can't wait to uh, be delivering some more great content to you on a weekly basis. So that's pretty amazing stuff. yeah, Dave. It, and you know what I was going to say? We we have another great guest today, uh, Kimberly Brochard, yes. uh, who is an author and podcaster. Uh, she's put out the Positively Disney uh, series of books, but she also has a very special book that we're going to be talking about that she just released, the Positively Disney cookbook. Nice. So that'll be coming up uh, shortly. Yes. Can't wait to talk about that. She has uh, put out some 
awfully great stories over the course of uh, many years uh, documenting these great stories for people. And and now she's doing something else, documenting some awesome stories as well. So I can't wait to check that out. Before we get into the news, Dave, and our guest segment, um, it's been a really cool time at the theater. You just told me uh, in right before we started rolling that you saw West Side Story. Well, not only did I see West Side Story, but I also saw Nightmare Alley. Oh, which, really? You know, uh, 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 I always pronounce his name wrong. It's Guillermo del Guillermo Toro. Guillermo del Toro, yeah. Yes, the director. Uh, Nightmare Alley, great cast of people. Uh, really wild movie. I mean, beautifully shot. You wow. know, it's got a noir quality to it. Okay. It's, it, it's really a gorgeous movie. And the reason why I went to see that was I was going to try and go see uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And the local multiplex that has 12 theaters was playing Spider-Man in all 12 theaters, including the IMAX screen. And when I went to buy tickets, like the IMAX theater was packed. And I was like, okay, I can't go into a packed theater because of the pandemic. I just won't do it. Uh I've been going to the IMAX theater for other films at like, you know, odd times, you know, like early in the day and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there might be 12 people in the theater and I feel comfortable going into a full theater with like 12 seats uh, occupied because Mm -hmm. there's enough space, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to go into a theater that's literally shoulder to shoulder every seat filled yeah uh well that's why spider-man is number one right now we'll talk about that in in the crazy in the stories but hey i guess there's no better time than to go ahead and hit this might as well wait 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 wait, wait. before you before you hit that button oh i do want to say like i i i really don't understand why people aren't going to see west side stories uh, uh, and, uh, you know, look, when I first heard Spielberg was doing West Side Story, I was like, eh, you know, but when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, wow, he's really reimagined this film. Mm. And it's, it's an incredible cast of people. But not only that, it's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Cinematography in, in West Side Story is absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Right. And I went to see it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought Spielberg hit it out of the park. And this is one of those movies where people really need to go to the theater. Don't listen to the headlines saying, oh, it's bombed at the box office. Go see Steven Spielberg's West Side Story because it is a beautifully done movie and you will absolutely enjoy it. I... so how does it stack up to the original? Is there a comparison to be made there? You know, I, I hate to compare um, mm. uh, these things to the original film, mm-hmm. but I will say what I like about this film is that he has cast Latino actors right. and Afro-Latino actors uh, in the appropriate roles. Right. And, and, and that to me makes a difference than taking a, a bunch of Caucasian actors and taking makeup on them yeah that 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 era is long since passed yeah i think you know so. but but i mean you know hollywood has changed and and uh, humanity has changed and yeah. i think it's a it's a good thing first of all it's steven spielberg so yeah. that's great and it's counter programming holiday programming to what spider-man is right i mean you yeah, always yeah. have a- the counter programming that goes on you always have the the animated films that are hitting theaters you always have you know you have a musical like this and then you also have you know the spider-man uh, big blockbuster movie so there's something for everybody there especially when you know theaters are sold out as they are but it is amazing to you that your local cineplex 
it was Spider-Man everywhere. And I mean, that's supply and demand right there, Dave. That's insane. And look, it is, but you know what? Once everybody has seen Spider-Man, then go see West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because I really do think that uh, this is a gem of a movie and, uh, and people should give it a shot, give it a chance, go see it. You'll really enjoy it. That's awesome. Well, good. Right, now well, we now, now we do that. <laughs> Skull Rock Podcast oh. ripped from the headlines. It's Skull Rock Podcast headline news. Oh, Dave, Spider-Man: No Way Home joins the elite, the elite in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in every film universe known to man. This is the fourth live-action superhero pick to get that coveted grade. It's the Elite A Plus Cinema Score Club, Spider-Man is number one at the box office and in that league of a plus cinema score audiences you have the avengers from 2012 black panther of 2018 avengers endgame of 2019 all from marvel studios also in that club is the incredibles the incredibles 2 and sony spider-man into the spider-verse that's huge it really is. It really is. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. But, you know, as I said, I'm not going to see it in a packed theater. I'm just I'm being very cautious because of the pandemic. And now we've got the Omicron uh, variant uh, that's spreading like wildfire mm-hmm. uh, across the country. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just taking my precautions. Everybody has to do what they feel comfortable doing. But for me, it's, I don't feel comfortable going into a, into a packed theater. I understood. Understood. Well, and, and that's why I was able to get a screener, you know, I, I can't really take the whole fam right now to, yeah. uh, to see Spider-Man, but you know, you, you get your hands on a press screener and, and you talk about it in every podcast you possibly can, like I'm doing now, but that's, that's what's going on. I mean, right now, but, but I have to ask you, Al John. Yeah. This is the kind of movie you want to see on an IMAX screen. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, and, I, and you had to watch it on your TV. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go and, and I'm going to go pay it, to watch it. I'm going to go pay to watch it in a, uh, in a theater when it's let. And that's what I'm encouraging you, Dave. I mean, I'm sure you're going to do yeah. this now that we're on vacation, but, um, you know, you got to be able to go down to the theater when it's less crowded, which is what I'm going to do. And, and Chris and I are going to take turns watching the, the movie. Um, well, one of us babysits the kids because we, we want to see Look, it. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm going to try and go see it this coming week leading into Christmas, but I'm, I'm looking at going to like an 1130 mm-hmm. in the morning or a noon show or right. one o'clock show. Um, I, I, I'm just, you know, looking for that, that time slot where there is, you know, 15 people in a, in a theater, you know, and that's, that's how I'm enjoying these movies. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man No Way Home has generated 1.20, uh, 1.21.5 million in ticket sales between Thursday and Friday showings. It's on pace to do a global uh, box office of 265. Is it 265 million? Oh, I'm sorry. That's just a domestic it, box it, office. It just, it, it just kept growing. You know, they, they were saying it was going to be a massive, you know, 150 million. Then it became a massive 200 million. Then the last numbers I saw were 240 to 260. Yeah, 260. And I think it's going to breach 260 million for the opening weekend domestically. Well, yeah. Well, people have been waiting for this. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I'm simply going to say that it is amazing and wonderful and a love letter to fans there's fan service in there but it's all in due to the story and while the 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 film has some pacing issues i will say 
Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a really great, great film that wraps up an entire legacy of Spider-Man um, films. Um, and and I have to say, it's always great. Now, I'm not spoiling this because it's in every trailer, but the Spider-Man villains and the way that they're developed, um, I think it's really great. They, they put in the shorthand, but you do care about the villains. You care about... Um, Dr. Octopus and, and uh, Green Goblin. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the actors, Molina, the Alfred Molina, he is so great. And he's Willem, a great actor. Willem he's Defoe. just a great actor. Well, they're all great actors. Willem Dafoe, yeah. Jamie Foxx, they are just amazing, amazing actors. They've all been in Emmy, in, in, in not Emmy Award, they've all been in Academy Award winning films. And sure. they are just magnificent actors. And to see them kind of flourish and continue on, um, it's like a comic book come to life. And for a longtime comic book fan like myself who loved Spider-Man growing up, it made me made my heart explode to see them back and, and to do the story justice. It's just amazing. So yeah. anyway, Dave, so that's a wonderful thing. And uh, they're going to be developing more Spider-Man, according to uh, according to Kevin Feige. They're going to be doing more Spider-Man, and it's going to be really great. They're, they're developing it, and it's going to continue to be something that they want to do from here on out. Uh, it looks like Spider-Man is going to be going to college and going to be more true to form to his roots of just a lovable loser. You know, that's what Spidey's all about. <laughs> He's just like, nothing goes right for him. He's like, um, you know, he never has enough money. He's living out of a really, you know, a really bad apartment. He doesn't have anyone to lean on. He has no friends. So let's see what happens to Spider-Man now that he's by himself and, uh, you know, struggling going to college by himself without a penny to his name. How is he going to make some spider webs? <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the animated version. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're really done some wonderful things with this property. So yep. uh, I look forward to seeing the, the, the movie. You know, Dave, when, when things like this happen and an actor like Tom Holland, who is a, the heart and soul of, of Spider-Man, much like Robert Downey Jr. was in Iron Man, can you see the studios recasting him? I, I really... I, I can't, but you know, look, Toby Maguire was uh, Spider-Man in the first three uh, films uh, mm-hmm. that they did with Sam Raimi and mm-hmm. Sony, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, they recast uh, that they recast with Tom Holland, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, who knows? You know, the, all of these all of these film properties will go through multiple iterations of sure. actors. Sure. It's like Batman. Like James Bond. (laughs) And James Bond. How many, how many Batmans have there been? Right. Yeah. Well, there's always, for me, there, there's always going to be Michael Keaton and Adam West. Those are my Batman. (laughs) For sure. It Uh, always goes back to Adam West. Doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Robin. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Robin to the Batcave. So speaking of that, you know, um, streaming, we're, we're talking a lot about streaming and how it's peak, uh, pushed its peak to new heights, you know, and I found this article, I just snuck in there, Dave. Uh, the following from Variety reports that uh, uh, there will be a peak. There is so many, uh, what was it? 1,923 original series released in 2021 on broadcast cable and streaming services, including expansion of Discovery and Paramount Plus. That is one heck of a lot. 
of I mean, that, that's saturation. I mean, how, how can you possibly watch, you know, the, the amount of content that's being put out? You really have to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You the know? previous world record for content was 1628, uh, 1628 in 2019. Uh, wow. It's up 22%. And it looks like it's maybe hitting its peak. You know, there's a little bit of a decline that's going on for subscriberships um, overall. But um, I wonder how much more can can we stand? I guess it's everybody's fighting for that same wallet, you know, the, the dollar. I, I think so, and and, and also, you know, uh, I think the expectations are uh, really out of whack because, look, I mean, during the pandemic, uh, you know, it's no surprise that people stayed home and were consuming their content through all these different streaming services, you know. But once the pandemic is behind us, and it will be behind us at mm-hmm. some point, you know, whether that's this coming year or in 2023 but at some point people are just fed up with staying in the house they're going to be out doing experiences mm-hmm. well and you whether know that- that's going to the parks or cruises or uh, hiking out in the woods or whatever it is they're going to do they are going to get away from their televisions yeah i believe that's going to be the case you know you get the parks um that are open which you know you had an amazing uh you know, book signing the other day at the parks and, and look, you know, people need to get out of the house. They need to get out. Yeah, of the but house. I, I got to tell you, Al John, and I mentioned this before we went on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was down at the Grand Californian for a couple of days and it was visibly noticeable that there was a short, short staff, They were understaffed at that resort. And that's really a shame. You could tell from the registration line, you could tell from the line for people leaving luggage with the bell captain. You could tell by walking around and looking at the decorations, you know, Disney, Disneyland and the, and the hotels are always known for, for having lush holiday decorations. Yes felt a little bit sparse. Mm. In fact, I put a picture up of myself standing in front of a, a tree that normally would have a ton of decorations on it. It was just a tree with lights embedded in it. Oh, geez. You know, and, and I thought, my gosh, there was, it was almost like they had just pulled it out of, out of the warehouse, you know, put it together and plugged it in and walked away. There was yeah. nothing on it other than the lights. But you know? and, the, and, and the rest of the resort was like that too. Just well, there was, decorations. It, it, it just felt, it felt sparser. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt sparse as far as the decorations are concerned. And again, that, that feeds into, you know, understaffed. They didn't have enough people to, to go out and really put up all the decorations that they normally would. That's mm-hmm. what it appears to me. But I have to say, when you have to wait 45 minutes uh, to get your car at valet or, you know, those kinds of things, you know, they're understaffed. Uh, yeah. 100%. That's uh, that's an incredibly long, long wait, especially since they're not at capacity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so uh, I, I don't know where, where, you know, all these people, all the workers went, but uh, an awful lot of people, uh, I mean, you know, they they were offering bonuses to try and hire people into like housekeeping jobs. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. You know, I, I said too, uh, my experience. We just went to the Red Robin down the street from our home, and it was the first time their dining room had been open since the pandemic started, and they only had one server 
and yeah. there only five tables were open and it, it it's really kind of a sad state of affairs but uh you know hopefully we'll be able to you know get out there yeah and and you know i have one positive like really positive note and that was we had dinner uh at the napa rose oh and that was spectacular oh that's great that was really spectacular they had you know they had clearly removed some tables from the dining room mm-hmm. but you know what it, it it was enough that you had the tables were spaced out yeah you know, you weren't like knocking chairs if you were getting up or something where the tables are so close together. Mm-hmm. Um, the the tables were spaced out just comfortably. And uh, we felt very, very safe in there. Uh, all the staff were wearing their masks mm-hmm. uh, and the food was spectacular. I mean, sure. I have to say the Napa Rose, every time I go there for dinner, they hit it out of the park. It was just a spectacular dinner. Well, I hope so. And I'm glad you did because that, that to me is like the pinnacle of, you know, Disneyland dining, you know, I just, it, you know, it really is, it, you know, it really is. They, they really know how to do it. And, uh, and they had a wonderful holiday menu menu. Nancy and I did the vintners table. Yeah. Uh, I had, I had the wine pairing. Nancy didn't, but um, I mean, it was just a four course meal and it was, it was just Incredible. It was a great experience. Well, I'm planning to head out to um, to Anaheim for the, the NAM conference uh, this summer. So maybe you and I can uh, hook up there when I'm in town. Uh, I would love to. Yeah. We should do that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I tell you, you know, we talked. And by the yeah. way, our, our, our listeners need to know, you know, as a reminder, you're broadcasting out of Nashville. Yes. I'm broadcasting out of Los Angeles. Yeah. And you and I only met each other maybe once yes. many years ago. That's right. We we've never even shaken hands <laughs> in the last couple of years, or at least since we started working on this podcast together. Yeah. I think, uh, Dave, when, when did your Roy E. Disney book come out? 2013, 2011? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was 2013. Yeah. 2013. Yeah. That's when I met you at D 23. That's right. Um, yeah. I, I, I met you. I interviewed you for my then podcast on Sorcerer radio and it was just, one of those things we had an amazing conversation, but we hadn't seen, we hadn't seen each other face to face since. <laughs> I, I know it's kind of crazy uh, other than via zoom, other than via know? zoom, which we do every yeah. week, which I love. Yeah. So, so. It's, it's awesome. Right. But, um, Okay, a so little peek, a little peek behind the curtain for yeah, our audience. Well, right? that's true. That's true. Well, I'm looking forward to coming out and seeing you. That's it's it's really cool. So about streaming, you know, we went from the streaming maybe hitting its peak to the fact that star Wars is warming up. You know, this past year was just an amazing year for Marvel content on Disney plus with all the streaming series that, that are there, which I think to me is like the, the, the top, the top type of content and storytelling uh, in these limited run series that are just top notch, just like the films that Marvel studios puts out. But this book of Boba Fett will sh- be shaping up star Wars, shaking up star Wars. And, you know, um, we're just a few days away from it because it's going to be going live December 18th on Disney plus. And one of the directors, Robert Rodriguez, one of my favorite homies, right? Robert Rodriguez is giving us a little bit of a, a tip. Uh, he's saying, uh, we couldn't believe what we got to do. Uh, as they shake up Star Wars. Uh, um, are you caught up with the Mandalorian and everything, Dave? Yeah. I, so I watched bo- both uh, uh, seasons of the Mandalorian, which I absolutely loved. Uh, and I've also, I'm all, I'm all ca- caught up with uh, Hawkeye. Uh, 
uh, as well. But I have to say, I am, I'm really looking, I read this article, how the book of Boba Fett will shake up the Star Wars, uh, uh, shake up Star Wars. uh, And that was in the Hollywood Reporter. And uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to this. And, and, you know, John Favreau and uh, Rodriguez and, uh, you know, all of these people that are involved with it, they're they're keeping the uh, top secret lid on all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about what is going on um, here. Uh, How they're going to do it. I don't know. I mean, let's 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 put it back out there. Um, the last time we saw the Mandalorian, they dropped a huge bomb. No one knew. In fact, uh, inside sources tell me that Kathleen Kennedy didn't even know. But uh, I, I find that hard to believe that Luke Skywalker was coming back in a big way. And everyone put a lid on it. No one knew. And then when it happened, it literally won the internet for months and months and months. People were just crazy. It's like Star Wars is back. My gosh, Star Wars is back. And if they're going to do it in this way, I mean, I can I can only imagine what they're doing. I mean, Dave, I don't know if you've heard about this, but, you know, Harrison Ford is apparently doing another Indiana Jones movie. We, we talked about right. that maybe. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. they're using some de-aging technology. Yeah, well, I, I I have no doubt about that because that that technology uh, is uh, just uh, you know light years ahead of where it was just a few years ago, and they're able to take actors now and de-age them uh, for these time jump uh, sequences. Can you see in speculation? Can you see Harrison Ford, one of the biggest Hollywood box office actors known to man? do something on Disney plus look at at this point in time, it's all about the money, right? Right. They're throwing huge amounts of money. I mean, you know, for crying out loud, why wouldn't he want to do it? If they did it with Luke Skywalker, here's Boba Fett. One of the greatest, uh, star Wars characters known to man outside of Darth Vader. The only other star Wars character outside of Darth Vader, Boba Fett and Luke Skywalker would be Han Solo. Right. That is my and, dotted and, line there, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know something? I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fantastic. And I will say, you know, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an off the charts, uh, star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy the star Wars franchise, but I know you are an off the charts. I wear my star Wars shirt. By the way, I, I just want our listeners to know I'm, I'm looking at Al John right now and he's got a star Wars shirt on. Yeah. So yeah, I wear my star Wars shirt that my, uh, that my uh, in-laws gave me. That's how much, of a Star Wars fan, when the in-laws give you gifts of, of uh, you you know, you're wearing a Star Wars shirt, you know, they know everyone knows you're a massive Star Wars fan. Yeah. So, you know, but I think they're making it accessible to a wider audience, which which I think is fantastic. I can't wait. So um, um, and I mistakenly said that it was December 18th. My goodness. You know, I'm I'm, December 18th of 20. Um, 2020 was when they had that uh, crazy scene with Luke Skywalker. But uh, December 29th, Book of Boba Fett, just uh, 10 days away as we record this. Can't wait for it to come out. 
Yeah, uh, there yeah. we go. Now, you you made note of this Ted Lasso holiday surprise with an animated Christmas short. I think Ted Lasso is is a very uh, fun series. Everybody's getting a kick out of it from Apple TV. Um, what is this all about, this animated? Well, you know, they did like a little five-minute claymation. Uh, uh, you know, it's it, it's like a stop-motion uh, uh, short uh, uh, that's called The Missing Christmas Mustache. Kind of like a Burl uh, Ives and- thing? Yeah, exactly, and and it's actually it's actually a cute little thing. People can nice. find it uh, online. Uh, you can probably find it at uh, YouTube. Uh, I'm willing to bet. Uh, but uh, all of the uh, uh, the characters from the Ted Lasso show are are doing their characters, except they're in you know sort of this uh, stop motion claymation. You know, I love it. You know. I get so nostalgic whenever I see any of these claymation kind of animation things, the stop motion animation, because it leads me back to my childhood. I love those yeah. claymation shows like Gumby it, it, and all those other yeah, things. Yeah, and, and you know, this harkens back to, you know, the the Frosty the Snowman uh, with Burl Ives or, you know, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer from yep. Rankin and Bass, you yep, know. Rankin Bass, so yeah. I, I, I would just encourage people, it, it'll put a smile on your face. It's a fun little uh, uh, short that that they put out, which I thought was really terrific. Yeah, just just start singing "Silver and Gold." We'll be in good shape. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in some interesting news here, um, you've got. Uh, uh, let's talk about this. By the way, uh, I think um, we we talked a little bit about how a lot of bands are selling their music to pu- big publishing companies as of late, um, and you found something that. Uh, that we have another big band um, artist, Bruce Springsteen, selling his catalog. I mean, yeah, this is this is pretty amazing. I mean, uh, uh, he's uh, reportedly selling his entire music catalog to Sony Records for roughly five hundred million dollars, or approximately five hundred million dollars. Unbelievable. And, and, and I think that's you know that that's in, incredible, and, and it's a trend. I mean, you know, he's not the first one to do it. There, there's been quite a number of artists who have done this uh, uh, over the years, and it seems to be accelerating. I mean, you know, David Bowie did it, where they issued what was known as Bowie bonds. Uh, to purchase uh, David Bowie's music catalog. Um, uh, Queen has done it. Bob Dylan. Um, who else? I mean, they're, 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 I'm trying to remember who else has done it. Is the, There's just a ton of uh, mm-hmm. uh, musicians that, that have done uh, the, uh, you know, the sale of their catalog. Yeah, Stevie Nicks sold a majority stake of her catalog to yeah. uh, Primary Wave last December. Neil Young sold 50% of his publishing rights to a UK investment firm uh, recently as well. So this is a big trend, and it, it's uh, likely due to the fact that you know, streaming services are not paying the type of royalties that they used to artists used to get for physical yeah. album sales. Right. 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 And, and, and also uh, I think uh, uh, in this particular instance with Bruce Springsteen, they're trying to get this deal closed before the end of December mm-hmm. uh, because of potential changes in the tax laws. Um, uh, he's going to, he's going to only pay a 20% uh, capital gains tax on, uh, uh, on this deal as opposed to what could have been 37% or even higher with whatever change 
changes are going to happen with the tax code next year. So here's a little way that artists are getting around it. You know, will Springsteen re-record like Taylor Swift? And this is a, a common practice as they sell the original masters and the rights of their original recordings. They have the ability to re-record those songs and then market and sell those as well. Um, and so many artists have done this because they a lot of artists don't own their original masters. So, um, you know, they'll do it. And Taylor Swift has done it recently. And all the rock bands I know of have re-recorded their songs. So it's not the end for that. But you might as well get while the getting's good, right? Yeah. And, and you know, something, look, this is, this is, uh, these artists are getting up there in age. You know, Springsteen's in his 70s already. And, uh, you know, they're they're wanting to have their music catalog taken care of uh, into the future. Right. Well, and some interesting news. We have a couple uh, interesting drops regarding personalities and people's favorite TV shows like Jeff Garland uh, not returning to ABC's The Goldbergs um, that's happening. And uh, I didn't know, Dave, if you might want to drop a little little knowledge on that. I, you know, I, I don't know that much about it, but, you know, Jeff Garland's a, a great comedian and, you know, he you, you see him on the Goldbergs and you also see him uh, uh, with Larry David uh, on uh, um, uh, the, uh, Larry's uh, show. Um, I know I'm having a brain fart, too, on that. I, I, I'm, having a, I'm having a brain fart on that. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, you know, he, he's a funny guy. And uh, apparently there's there was an a, a HR investigation for the last three years, which seems really odd to me, mm. you know. And uh, uh, I guess some people were offended by some of the things he said on, on the set um, uh, of the Goldbergs. And uh, so he's decided that he's not coming back. No. Um, and, uh, and Chris Noth, yeah. uh, who was, who played Mr. Big, uh, all of a sudden, uh, some people came out of the woodwork, some women came out of the woodwork accusing him of assault, sexual assault, uh, making accusations and Peloton has pulled the commercial they did with him, uh, in response to him, uh, having a, a fatal heart attack, uh, on the show, uh, oh. the sex in the city, just like that, yep. uh, reboot. Uh, and so they, they pulled that commercial and he was dropped by, uh, a three artists agency. Uh, you know, and it, it's interesting to see these things happen so quickly when there's an accusation made, as opposed to, um, I don't know. Waiting it, for it, an investigation. I, to, yeah. To you know, I, I don't know. I just get this sense of, you know, what, whatever happened to, uh, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. People want to quickly distance themselves. And that seems like a knee jerk reaction until all the, the evidence is found otherwise. But, but here you have, you know, and in the case of the uh, Chris Noth uh, situation, um, according to the Hollywood Reporter, he vehemently denies these claims, saying that these couldn't be, these couldn't have been from thirty years ago or thirty days ago. No, always means no. That is a line I never crossed. Um, encounters were consensual, so that is his, uh, you know, his response to that. And once again, I think everybody needs to understand that uh, it needs to take its course. It needs to be investigated. And if wrongdoing was done, then wrongdoing was done. But you have to right. let these things find its way uh, so that the yeah. truth can be told. 
Um, yeah, I, and I, I completely agree with that. And, 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 you know, it's just, you know, we're, we're sort of in the midst of this cancel culture where people, you know, one person or two people can make an accusation and the next thing you know, a guy's career is ruined. Yep. Uh, and you're just wondering, wait a second, you know, uh, what, 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 what are the actual details on this? You exactly. Know? Exactly. So anyway, uh, so I, I, I just, you know, I shake my head at some of this stuff. Uh, and, and, and by the way, uh, uh, you know, uh, if it's true, you know, absolutely. He should, he should be res- held responsible for it, yeah. you know, but, but, you know, don't try him in the media with, uh, with these splashy headlines. Exactly. Right. Well, the truth will come out eventually. And yeah. in that, that said, um, everybody has the, has the ability to be innocent until proven guilty. Right. So uh, let, let, it, let it work out. But anyway, Dave, that wraps up our week in news. We now turn our attention to an awesome artist and, and an author. So let's check out Kimberly Bouchard right now on Skull Rock Podcast. Skull Rock Podcast. Interview time. Well, Al, John, as I've promised uh, many times before, we have another fantastic guest with us, and it is Kimberly Bouchard, the author of the Positively Disney Cookbook. And I want to welcome you, Kimberly, to the Skull Rock Podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because this is this is one of those projects, the Positively Disney Cookbook, which is really an extension of you. You have a whole series of positive, positively Disney books. And, and I was excited when I heard about this one because of uh, the fact that there's a charity angle to it. Could you tell our audience a little bit about, A, your Positively Disney books and how this project came about and uh, how you're helping some charity? Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. So the Positively Disney book series is basically inspirational stories of hope and comfort and joy from the actors, animators, Imagineers, guests, and uh, cast members. There are five. There will be a sixth one next year. Uh, So they're really kind of like the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, but amped up Disney and Star Wars. And uh, this cookbook is actually a standalone cookbook, but it's a very special book because it has the personal recipes the, the, from from your favorite celebrities. You're, whether you're an artist, an animator, actor, uh, these recipes come from their own home and their hearts and their own tables. And they have stories behind the meanings of these recipes. And one thing that I'm so grateful to be doing, I'm working with uh, the charity Feeding America and 50% of all proceeds of the cook book goes to this incredible charity. And that that's that's really what I loved about this project, uh, because, yeah, I mean, you've got so many wonderful people, Robbie Benson and uh, Roly Crump and uh, you got uh, Claude Coates, uh, Alan Coates uh, submitted Evie Coates Bridge Luncheon Salad. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many people in, in here. Bill Farmer. I'm just I'm just thumbing through my copy and. And I'm just blown away by Margaret Carey and Bob Gurr. Paige and, O'Hara. 
I'm just wondering yeah. if Bob Gurr uh, put in his uh, Gertini. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, although there are a couple of drinks in there that are not for children. But no, Bob, you know, it's so funny because most of the recipes actually were pretty healthy, apart from, you know, the standard cookies and cakes and things like that. But uh, they, they people were eating very healthily and Bob is super healthy. I mean, he, he rides uh, 12 miles at a time on his bicycle. Throw, so he eats very healthy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's in such great shape and he just turned 90, I think this year, yes. which is, which is just un, unreal. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. know, I, I'm just blown away by, uh, by how many different recipes I have to ask you this question because the, this to me is, is always the kind of question you're probably not going to be able to answer, but oh. do you have a favorite? Favorite recipe no. in the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's like asking, you know, for, for a favorite child. My favorite recipe is anything that turns out, okay? Because I'm not a professional chef, but one thing I will tell you is that because of this cookbook, I now love vegetables again. Oh, good. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I'm, I'm, like, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> the stuffed mushrooms on page 44 are, are, are those are my personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yours is up for, uh, I've made about 16 recipes uh, so far. And uh, I was at an expo a couple weekends ago and there's about 15 folks from the cook, like that were there that were in the cookbook. And I had to make sure I tried all of their stuff, you know, seeing them sure. face to face. And I'm sorry, Dave, I didn't have a chance to make your stuff much. Uh, that's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> that, I, I think, you know, again, there's so many great recipes in here and I, I'm just goofing with you about mine, but, but, and it's not even mine, by the way, it's my wife's recipe. <laughs> I, you know, it was a collaboration between Nancy and I, because really in my house, I'm the chief bottle washer oh. or pot washer. I'm the chief pot washer. You know, so. I resemble that remark. <laughs> well, you know what, Dave, if you have had a chance to look at the copyright page. Um, so this cookbook kind of was a bit of a family affair. Uh, my son uh, did the cover and the interior illustrations. Uh, my other son was my tech guy. My daughter took the author photo, but my husband was the chief cook and bottle washer because I'd be in the in my office for 16 hour days. And I, you know, he'd bring food and and drinks for me to keep me out hydrated and well-fed so I could keep going because otherwise, you know, I, I just wouldn't eat. Um, but, I, and, you know, I, I, I think that it's always great when you can when you can fold in family members. You know, Nancy and I collaborate on a number of my books. Yeah. But I think it's fantastic that you were able to get your entire family involved in this cookbook. And what a great cause, is it, you know. You know, contributing uh, half the proceeds to uh, Feed America, mm -hmm. uh, which is which has really been uh, an important uh, charity, uh, uh, especially during the pandemic. Yes. I mean, there's been such a, a a surge of people needing assistance because mm -hmm. you know everything shut down, people lost their jobs, and I mean, it was just kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, all my books uh, help out a foundation of some sort, but this cookbook really spoke to my heart and you know I've been very uh blessed my in my life not to have felt hunger or you know couldn't have food for my own children I cannot imagine that so I really wanted to make sure that I 
I got the top charity that I could. They're actually um, the second in Forbes top 100 charities where 99% of the proceeds actually go to the charity. So, and that's, and that's something that's really important. I think when, you know, especially this time of year when people are giving and, and I think everybody's getting flooded with, you know, solicitations for donations. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you check out the charities because, you know, you want the majority of your money to go to the actual cause itself. For sure. You, you, you don't, you know, you don't want to have 80% of, you know, 80 cents of your dollars, uh, you know, of every dollar going to administrative costs right. and 20% actually helping whatever the charity is. Exactly. That That's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you're in the high 90s, those are the kinds of charities that are really on the ground doing the good work. Mm-hmm. 99%, 99%, yeah. which that's to me is, incredible really yeah it really is fantastic but how did how did the, this book come about uh you, oh. you know you must have had like an epiphany did you wake up in the middle of the night say oh my gosh i'm gonna do a cookbook you know, you know what it did come to me in a flash i'll tell you actually the beginning of april and it's only because i was doing a whole lot more cooking and baking i'd ever done in my life in a very short period of time you know the last couple of years and i was kind of thinking about well i wonder what everybody else is making and eating and then it led me to thinking well what are these disney celebrities making and eating whom i'm writing about and that and it just went it just went from there in about you know 30 seconds and then it's like okay but this has got to help somebody who you know and then i did my kind of due diligence and checked out you know what charity i wanted to um be work with and and uh, do this. So my goal actually is to raise $500,000, uh, which is equivalent to 5 million meals. And so pretty wow. excited. That, yeah. That's fantastic. That is really fantastic. And, and, and where's the book available? I, I, I mean, I want, I want to make sure that throughout our, our discussion, we, you know, we, we plug this book and where, where can people get it? I, I know I bought my copy on Amazon. Yeah. So you can get them on Amazon. There's two versions. There's a limited edition, which is a foil stamp embossed sealed edition. And uh, then the regular one. So once that limited edition is, finished uh the only there i mean it is limited i only had 3300 printed and i'm bringing a lot to um celebration uh star wars celebration in may and you know just those people will only be able to get that one at events but for now you can still get both of them on amazon fantastic and 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 so the process i mean how long did it take you to put this together because Uh, i think our audience is probably interested in this because you had to contact all these people and and i'm sure everybody jumped on board and said yes i want to do this uh did you have anybody drop out did you have people just say i don't have time i mean you know or you know it's interesting you bring that up because i thought that was going to be the hardest part of this whole project and actually it ended up being the easiest part uh obtaining it within a couple of weeks i had 50 emails 50 recipes in my emails and um there were a couple that were supposed to you know be on board and they kind of dropped out um, a couple had politely declined because they were right in the middle of filming and and that which i understand so i'll get them for the second one <laughs> but uh you know um norm Well, I was really pushing hard to get this book out in a timely manner. But what I ran into, uh, which was the hard part, was actually uh, production paper shortages, uh, you know, securing paper, the printers, 
um, had to deal with that, uh, shipping, <laughs> you know, uh, there's all these other things, uh, layout artists, you know, um, different, different sort of situations came about. So normally I, I had hoped to have this out by, um, the end of September, beginning of October. And as you know, it just, uh, released a few weeks ago. So uh, getting the recipes with everybody loved the project. Honestly, they, they really did. And I, I think that's part of the problem today is that uh, it, 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 it's really about the supply chain. Yeah. And I think everybody's been hearing about that in the news. Mm. But, um, uh, you know, I know uh, uh, that uh, things are taking three to four weeks longer than they normally would. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and even longer than that sometimes. Uh, so that that's always uh, tough. But I noticed that you had it printed in Washington. Uh, uh, or is it Washington? I'm sorry. Well, uh, in Canada, yeah, New, actually. New, Newcastle, Washington. Well, that's the publisher, but Canada is where they... So it's actually printed in two different places. So the, the limited edition was printed in Canada. Being Canadian, I wanted to help small business in Canada because this charity uh, was only going to be able to help the Americans in our in our backyard since I live sure. in the U.S., right? So I kind of wanted to help Canada too a little bit. You're, yeah. you're straddling the border. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and how was it dealing with the Canadian printers? You know what? They were really good. It was just, um, it was a little trickier uh, shipping. It was a little trickier. I didn't anticipate that. My, instead of having my books uh, get to Amazon, they ended up in rail cars for a couple of weeks. Um, that was unanticipated by both of us. And uh, then they got stuck in a, in a yard, you know? So well, was, that a was that a customs thing? Uh, no, actually, they went through customs fairly quickly because, of course, the paperwork was all done months before. But uh, just uh, different um, freight companies have changed things throughout the last 20 some months. And yep. uh, so instead of having my books go directly to the warehouse, they ended up, you know, doing a cross country tour in the wow. U.S., yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm that, surprised. That's I'm surprised. really amazing. I'm surprised your book yeah. didn't do that too, Dave, because, you know, we've had to, my company, we've had to do a lot of things via rail uh, just mm. to kind of circumnavigate um, getting stuff shipped air freight because it was so expensive to book flights mm. for, for stuff like that. So I, I totally understand, you know, um, you know, going, going via rail is a good way to kind of navigate through all that to try to get product there a little bit quicker. Not as quick, yeah. but quicker, quicker than normal and, and probably a little bit more cost effective for everybody. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you it know? certainly is. But really? hey, yeah. they made it. Well, I just they were supposed to go out in the trucks, you see, and then they got transferred to the rail and then they ended up at the rail yards stopped. And so it's not fun trying to look for your pallets of books amongst the thousands <laughs> of <laughs> things they have in a rail yard. But, you know, oh, it all worked my. out in the end. But, oh, yeah, as I said, the the easiest part was getting the recipes. The rest of it was really hard. It was really a challenge. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. And writing and, and, a cookbook is totally different than what I normally write, too. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, totally what, what, what were some of the challenges on that? Oh, my goodness. Well, 
you know, you're supposed to write out all the measurements. So teaspoon, cup, tablespoon, ounces, pound. I mean, that's that's on every page of the cookbook. So there's a lot of measurements, um, little little rules like uh, anything that you have. Um, well, obviously, the names of films or, or characters are in italics, but also brand names. And you know what? Tabasco is always capital T and yep. in italics, which yep. I hadn't realized. I mean, I don't use it. So, you know, and, and as a, as a former teacher, you know, spelling was always my thing. At, but when you don't see the product, you don't realize like Tabasco's got two A's in it, you know, things, just things like that. And, um, you know, I, I love cookbooks. I have a cookbook collection from around the world and I wanted this cookbook to be easy to follow. Uh-huh. I wanted it very, very clear uh, to whoever was reading it. And I didn't want super tiny writing. There's nothing more annoying than, you know, a cookbook where you've got to try to, I don't, and it's not just my eyesight either, you know, it's just nice to have something laid out very well. Absolutely. And I, I love the fact that there are some beverages in here uh, and uh, and they all seem to not all of them. There's some smoothies in here. And uh, but but you have it broken down into appetizers, drinks, soups, salads and sandwiches. Um I'm I'm loving this. I I mean, I really have enjoyed looking at this uh, since I got it because it's one of those things that you pick up, you look at a couple recipes, you put it down, and then a day or two later, you pick it up again and you're looking at other things. Yeah. You just keep going back to it. And there's certainly some things in here I'm going to ask my wife to try and make. (laughs) Well, she she should have no problem. I know Nancy likes to do that and that's her thing. But, you know, I was really surprised I had 12 different enough recipes for 12 different sections. You know, I didn't have like all desserts or all, right. you know, and um, so that was really nice. And two of the recipes were created specifically for the cookbook. Oh, well, that's awesome. Who, that? did, who, who so, did those? Yeah. So Peter Mayhew's wife, Angie, she uh-huh. created a special Wookiee cookie uh, <laughs> with her, with a chef. And uh, then the uh, the fellow from the Mandalorian, Dominic Pace, he created a, an adult beverage, uh, Gecko Blue Milk Cocktail, I believe is the name of it. So that was kind of neat, I thought. I didn't expect that. Nice. That's really, really fun. That's right mm-hmm. up your alley. Al John, you're going to be making that uh, Mandalorian drink. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The next you know, Star Wars property that drops. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, and and Boba's just not for drinks anymore. So <laughs> we uh, we'll definitely do that. You know, the, the wife is my wife uh, with dining at Disney is such a fan uh, of of this upcoming book. So this is definitely going to be under her. Uh, Tree for Christmas. Good times. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you. So remember, I, I was making a bit of a joke about loving vegetables now. But seriously, the two recipes that I've tried with vegetables, I actually included them in my Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, it was so fun telling the guests at my table. Did you know this dish was by so-and-so and, and it was, and, and tell the story behind it. And people are kind of surprised. It's like, Oh, Oh, you know, uh, but no, I love, I love uh, the, the two dishes I added to my Thanksgiving dinner was the orange roasted carrots by uh, and the voice of Andy and Toy Story, John Morris. 
and the green ginger garlic beans by our lovely Princess Belle, Paige O'Hara. Oh. And yeah, and I'll tell you, oh my gosh, like I've never had orange roasted carrots with orange zest and orange juice on them and roasted. Oh my gosh. Anyways, they sounds, were beautiful. Yeah, it sounds sounds really intriguing mm. to me. I already had dinner, but I'm hungry already. How about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. So when I was writing the cookbook, I didn't anticipate this, but Oh, I craved everything, everything, all of these things. And I couldn't even try them until, you know, just uh, about a month ago, I started digging in a little bit. That's awesome. You know, I'm curious, Kim, you know, with all of the the people from Disney and Star Wars contributing recipes, you did mention stories. So Mm -hmm. I was wondering if there was a particular story that that really stands out, because I'm sure they're all very unique and and cool because uh, just of all the people that are involved. Yeah. Well, you know, um, a lot of it, it was interesting. I'll, I'll tell you too quick, quickly, uh, because I, I spoke, he was uh, one of the parts from parts of the Caribbean, Vince Lozano, and he made an Eros Compoyo uh, with Tostones. And uh, I ha- he was on stage with me a couple weeks ago. And these recipes uh, really bring back a lot of memories from their childhoods. And it was kind of emotional uh, for them to talk about these recipes and what they meant and, and, and how much they loved them and miss their grandmothers who would make the, you know, or their mothers who'd make them. But another interesting story uh, real quick was, um, so Carrie Fisher, our princess Leah, her, uh, she has, there's a particular recipe in there that her brother Todd had told me about. And that recipe is not in a cookbook. And the story behind it is every single A-list star that would go to their house for parties or special events that dish would always be served. So that dish is well known in that group of folks. That's awesome. That's that's really wild. (laughs) I know. I know. He, he, uh, we talked one Sunday and he's like, are you ready? Record what I'm going to say. So yeah, he told me the whole story, told me the recipe. Yeah. 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 Wow. It was pretty fun. So in your phone interviews and in getting this, they, they would actually dictate like, tell you over the phone here's the recipe here's yeah. a story and you would record these uh these yeah. things for 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 the book to document yeah. that's awesome yeah 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 no i mean not all of them but some of some came by video and i had to watch and figure out the ingredients and directions and that um but yeah that one that todd had to, uh two two actually shared of carrie's uh we we had a nice little chat and um yeah so it was really neat and so is, said, that, not, is that how you're able to get Debbie Reynolds as well to, to have a yeah. recipe? Yeah. Yeah. Debbie Reynolds and Annette Fanicello. Isn't that so oh, that fun? Is so cool. I know. And you know what else is really neat is in the book, I actually have in Walt's handwriting, his two pieces of note paper of all the things he liked to eat that he gave to his housekeeper, Thelma Howard. I've got it right there. Oh, wow. And another, yeah. And then, um, so I've got the original Donald Duck, Clarence Nash's recipe, uh, two of them in there. I know I'm such a Donald Duck fan. You, uh, well, you can sort of, you can see that in that's, the back, but right. you know, it's so fun is that I actually have one of his recipe cards in his handwriting and he always carried a Donald Duck stamp with him and he'd stamp things after he'd write, uh, you know, whatever. And so I've got that and it's super fun. And you know what? 
I am going to go. I'm actually friends with his daughter and I'm going to go to her house in February. And there's a reason why I'm going to February because there's a particular recipe that I have to pick a fruit from the tree at her house. And we're going to bring it, bring a film crew in and she's going to teach me how to make her dad's favorite lemon myers pies you can see that dave if you're holding the cookbook yeah so and she's going to bring out some of her dad's stuff and we're going to talk about that and isn't that fun i think that's fantastic awesome I mean that, but you know, again, I, I have to tell everybody, you got to really check out this uh, cookbook uh, because there are so many incredible uh, recipes in here by many, many famous and familiar names. I think uh, the Clarence Nash lemon meringue pie. Here it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. This is this is just. I mean, I'm I'm getting hungry looking for this. (laughs) Well, you know, you know, I have to tell you what made me smile. Um, So Billy D. Williams, he does not do anything for anybody, and I was told that he would do it for me. So I am very grateful that he participated in in the cookbook too. Well, well, I am too because I'd hate to call Corey and say, Corey, you gotta let your dad do this. Oh yeah. Corey's got (laughs) his recipe in there too. But uh, no, I was really, really happy that Billy um actually I don't even know if Corey knows if his dad's in there. I should I should have to call him and tell him. Oh that's awesome. Yeah. But you know, you know, guys like Anthony Daniels, uh really neat recipe. Warwick Davis. Um it was really interesting because I did not anticipate Anticipate uh, sort of the different ingredients ac- across the country. So when I got Warwick and Sammy's uh, recipe, a pasta recipe, it said tube tomatoes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this must be tomato paste. So I dissected it, sent it back to him, said, is this, you know, this is my North American version. Does this work? And it did, thank goodness. But, you know, some of the recipes that said, oh, one and three quarter sticks of butter. Well, that's an American thing that sticks of butter is even new in Canada and it does not exist anywhere else. So I had to make sure that it was to the tablespoon. So these are just the other things that I had to always be aware of in, in the cookbook. And, yeah. and I also noticed that you converted all Fahrenheit uh, temperatures to Celsius. Yes. And, yes. And, and I also noticed and I'm not really familiar with this, but you was like gas number eight. What does that mean? Yeah. So some ovens only go by gas numbers. Ah. And so I was not going to convert everything milliliters, uh, ground, you know, pounds and all that. I wasn't going to do any of that, but it's always a pain I find because I've got cookbooks from Canada and well, I mean, from everywhere. And it's nice to see, you know, if you have something in Celsius, it's really nice to know Fahrenheit because most of us go by Fahrenheit. But that's kind of the least I could do, you know, to kind of accommodate everybody worldwide with their their measures of their. Well, awesome. I mean, Fa- yeah. Fahrenheit is really just the United States, right? Uh, and the rest of the world is Celsius, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, Ca- Canada is both. Um, is but, you know, most of their ovens are Fahrenheit. But but really, yeah, in the UK, for sure, it's, it's Celsius and it's gas like number whatever Canada, Canada, Canada's both depending yeah. on how close you are to the border yeah right? <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much so <laughs> but you know if I've cooked I've cooked on those uh cook cook cookers or whatever they call I can't remember what they call them in the UK but I've cooked in Ireland I've cooked in London and it's very different uh, appliances that you are cooking with so yes. I, I I felt I needed to do that for them, you know. That's awesome. Now, 
Now, now you're a Canadian who's transplanted here into the United States. Yeah. Where, do you think the United States should take uh, the Canadian provinces as uh, new states? <laughs> should we just do? Should we just do away with the border? I mean, you it seems know what? like it seems I mean, like it would be pretty easy, don't you think, Al John? <laughs> We're just one invasion away from. Oh my god! I'm, I'm only joking. I have a lot of Canadian friends north of the border. I'm only kidding, folks. You know. Well. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, sometimes I think it would be great, but yeah. I, I think I think they I think they should be much more relaxed with their border, though. Yes, I agree. You know, because uh, yeah. I know it's, it, it can be a little bit of a hassle in certain parts of the Canadian, you know, the yeah. U.S. Canadian border. Yeah. Although I, I have to say, I've I've wandered into Canada up in Maine uh, oh. a few times, and, uh, and and they were pretty cool about it. So wandered? Like, did you go through the forest? No, no, no I, I I actually drove on to Roosevelt Island. Do you know oh, you know where yeah, Roosevelt, yeah. Island? Roosevelt Island? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Roosevelt Island. I I I actually drove on to Roosevelt Island uh, and didn't realize that I had left the United States and I didn't oh. I didn't have my passport with oh. me or anything. And, oh. and and the Canadian the Canadian border station they were like totally fine with me showing a driver's license, but they said eh, you may have a problem getting back into the U.S. Oh. <laughs> you better hope I'm on duty. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. but 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 I have but I have to say uh, the 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 two border patrol agents at the U.S. Uh, border station, yeah, uh, right at that that bridge from Roosevelt Island back yeah. into Maine, yeah, uh, they were really cool about it because I had a, a global entry card. Oh the, yeah, the global entry card was just as good, mm-hmm. except that it didn't work on the on their uh, computer. The swiping of the card didn't work on their computer at the 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 little oh. uh you know booth yeah, on, yeah. on the roadway i had yeah. to pull into the parking lot and go into the border oh, station yeah. and then they had to put it in manually into their computer it was kind of <laughs> crazy but they were super nice about it they were real chill believe me well, you know there what? was no traffic there yeah i'm sure that they appreciated the visitors <laughs> yes know? exactly uh, and, and you're not the only one that that's happened to obviously right yeah no i, I really it, it was crazy and by the way it was by Lubeck, Maine. Lubeck, Maine, mm. which, which is literally like as far, I think it's pretty much as far north in Maine that you can go before yeah. you before you trip into Canada. Yeah. You know, so it just sounds, well, it sounds like you, know, you just woke there's up there's a lot the- of places you can trip into Canada. I mean, but most people don't want to go. I mean, it's minus uh, whatever, 30 with wind chills, minus 40 sometimes. So oh. people kind of Steer away from there, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Uh, I, well, I have to say, we we kind of uh, uh, swerved into um, annexing Canada there for a second, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I want to get back and just let our audience know that the Positively Disney Cookbook: Personal Recipes from Your Favorite Celebrities Across the Disneyverse uh, by Kimberly Bouchard is available uh, wherever you buy your book. Because I am sure that aside from Barnes and Noble and Amazon and Books a Million, people who have their local bookstores and like to support their local bookstores can probably go to their local bookstore and ask them to order this uh, from mm-hmm. your book distributor, from the publisher. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and and again, 50% of the proceeds go to the 
Feeding America cha uh, uh, charity to help feed American families in our own backyards. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just think if we annex Canada, we could help the families up in Canada too, right? You know, but yeah. hey, that's that's a whole other show, right, Al John? <laughs> Dave, it's like you have some kind of agenda. I know. <laughs> I, you know what it is? I love the Canadians. I think they should just be part of the uh, U.S. party. Although I don't think that they probably want to be uh, part of the politics down no, here. Probably not. Probably you know, not. I have to say, I I have met so many Americans that wish they were Canadian. It's so funny. I, I smile. I'm like, well, we are, you know, I'm very grateful. We're, we're are now going to be eligible to have our U S citizenship in a year. Uh, we've been here uh, over 10 years now wow. and there's a lot of guidelines. Yeah. 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 That you have to follow. Um, but I'm really excited because, you know, uh, I was on hold with Disney, um, just a few days ago. And you know that song, America the Beautiful? And yeah, um, sure. I just started crying my eyes out because it just touched me. And I thought, oh my gosh, please let me be on hold a bit longer because I couldn't even talk. I would, I just, when I come out of those attractions at Walt Disney World, I just feel, I feel like I'm a very proud American and I'm not American yet. And when I go to the, the, uh, the Canadian pavilion and, and see that film, I come out a very proud Canadian. So I, 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 just, I, I, you know. I was going to ask you, when you go down to Walt Disney world, do you make a beeline for the Canadian pavilion at Epcot? Always, always. Yeah. You know what? Even when this, the shop wasn't open uh, in during the summer, because they knew we were Canadian, they brought us into the shop so we could buy some <laughs> Canadian stuff. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say, Kimberly, it's been such a pleasure having you on our show. And, and, and once again, I, I really want to encourage people to pick up a copy of the Positively Disney Cookbook uh, because it is just filled with the most amazing recipes including the one on page 44, uh, the bossard uh, stuffed mushrooms uh, that Nancy makes. Uh, but uh, I'm just giving a little plug for the mushrooms. You know, I eat, I eat them like popcorn. I have to yeah. tell you, you know, when I she makes that. a tray of those, I'm just like popping them in my mouth, you know? Anyway, uh, Kimberly, I do appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of the backstory for your positively mm -hmm. Disney cookbook and wish you the best of luck. Uh, I hope so go through the roof yeah. this is a great this is a great holiday gift it is you know thank you and i wanted to let your uh listeners know that there is a new instagram and facebook positively disney cookbook out there so you can actually share your creations with each other and i'm going to just be starting uh to share all the things that i've made i'm not giving the recipe away but i'm going to be teasing who might have made it my very first recipe i made was potato chip cookies can you wow. imagine? Whoa. And they are good. Yeah. Wow. They're really good. They, yeah. they sound good. Yeah, they are. You know, potato chips go good with anything. Oh, I don't know. They? I, I mean, know. I, I, I crush them up and put them on top of tuna fish sandwiches. <gasps> I mean, come on. Who doesn't you, do that? You know what? I just have to tell you because um, Doug Jones, who he played in, um, he was the silver uh Silver slide is that what they call in the Marvel movie? And he played in uh, oh, Silver Surfer, Silver, Silver Surfer, surfer? yes, yeah, Surfer, Surfer, not Slider. <laughs> Excuse Close. me, Surfer. Whoops, anyways, we got you, we got you, Kim. His, re his recipe is the um Midwest tuna casserole, and you know what? 
or Mideastern, sorry, uh, tuna casserole. And it has potato chips all on top of it. I think that's awesome. Oh, it's good. But, but, but I mean, silver slider, I don't think there's going to be a Marvel cookbook coming from you. <laughs> no, but, but, well, but the, you know that what? has potential. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm mulling over a second cookbook. Actually, there's a lot of people that found out about the cookbook and asked if they could be in the next one. So there I, is kind of one coming. Honestly, I think you should do a part two to this because there's so many great recipes. And, you know, oh, it's always the way. After the first one comes out, everybody comes out of the woodwork and says, oh, my gosh, I wanted to do something. Yeah. I, I have a great recipe, blah, blah, blah. Now you can put together the second book. And mm-hmm. by the way, I make a mean peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh- you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can put that recipe in very Woo-hoo. easily. <laughs> That's true. Well, I'm so grateful for Nancy in your life because I think you'd be probably sick of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I, I right know. now. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. That and grilled cheese sandwiches. Yes, oh. yes. I've got, I've got Ooh, one for the what? next. Yes. There is a special grilled cheese sandwich recipe in there from Robbie Sherman. Um, wow. Robert Robert Sherman, you know, the Sherman Brothers. Yeah. There's a really cool omelet recipe that has this ingredient that I never would have ever put in an omelet and, and a way to make the omelet. But Robbie put in his famous grilled cheese sandwich, which is yeah. it's, it's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. You well, can try that. <laughs> Thank you again for being on the show. And we look forward to talking to you in the new year, Kimberly. I I wish you a very happy holiday to you and your family. And thank you for doing this and for helping out Feeding America. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. It was a real pleasure. Cute little fellas. After all, it is Christmas. Skull Rock Podcast. Talk about fun. Kimberly's a lot of fun. She, she really is. And, uh, and, and a good sport too. You know, I was only kidding to my Canadian friends where the, you know, we, we're not going to annex Canada. We're not going to, we're not going to fold you into the United States, <laughs> but, uh, but I do like to say that to my Canadian friends. Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> but you know something, uh, I hope people go out and check out, uh, the positively Disney cookbook. Um, you know, Kimberly came up with a, with, I think a, a great book here. Uh, there's tons of great recipes in there, including, uh, as we mentioned in the interview, one from Nancy and I, uh, and, uh, and, and it's all for a good cause. And I know Al, John, you're going to put the links into the show notes uh, for all of that, yep. uh, which is really terrific. And, uh, and I really, I, I think you and I both wish Kimberly so much success and I hope she sells out this book and really uh, helps out. Uh, feeding America. I think she will for sure. I know that I ordered my copy and Kristen's going to be making probably some of the, their uh, Nancy's mushrooms there. So for the house uh, at some point. Excellent. I hope so. I you'll, you'll be eating them like popcorn the I, way I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Hey, I, I love me some food. That is no, there is no doubt about that. And so uh, please check out the links to our show notes and you'll be able to pick up uh, uh, her book as well. Once again, positively, positively Disney cookbook. Try to say that 10 times fast, but anyway, <laughs> 
anyway, thank you once again for uh, making our show and, and, and listening all the way up till the end. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our show, no matter where you get your podcast. We're on all the social medias as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Once again, we are uh, part of that uh, top 100 uh, list of Disney podcasts to follow, and uh, be sure you tell your friends about it. We would certainly appreciate it. You know, we also appreciate getting those five-star reviews, too. So if you're on uh, Apple Podcast, you want to drop us a little review and a five-star if you think we deserve it, we would absolutely love it, and we'll share those uh, reviews on an upcoming episode of Skull Rock Podcast. And I'd also like to send a shout-out to, because, you know, this is close to the end of the year, might as well uh, give a shout-out to all of our great supporters there at Anchor.fm. Lindsay, Charles, Spencer, and Joshua, thank you so much for your current your support and your continued support of our show, because we are totally funded by you guys it's made possible by you so thank you for so much love and support and uh you can email dave and myself dave at skullrockpodcast.com or aljohn at skullrockpodcast.com and we'll read your emails in an upcoming episode dave you'll see us out that's it uh, aljohn i just want to say peace and love to everybody out there um it's the holidays i want to wish everybody a very merry christmas a happy new year a happy holidays whatever you celebrate uh do it uh with love and uh and enjoy yourselves slow down and immerse yourself in the holidays and just enjoy it uh it'll be over before we know it uh and we'll be into a new year and we look forward to seeing you here again on the skull rock podcast i told myself i wasn't going to do this but i'm going to do it merry christmas dave merry christmas al john and another thing Cratchit. i've had enough of this half day off stuff you leave me no alternative to give you toys yes toys no 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 no, no, no. i'm giving you a raise and making you my partner a, a partner Thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Bob. And God blesses everyone. Joy to you. I'm Al John Go, co-host of the Disney List podcast as heard on Sorcerer Radio, as well as Skull Rock podcast here with my wife, Kristen. Hello. Hello. You are an earmarked agent who books Disney travel vacations for people all the time. Give our listeners a reason why they want to give you a call instead of just booking a trip by themselves. Well, I can do all of the legwork for them. I have expertise. I've been to the Disney parks well over a hundred times so they've got that knowledge at their hand as well as it saves them time and money where can people get in touch with you so that they can book their next disney cruise disney park trip adventures by disney they can contact me at theme parks and cruises at gmail.com skull rock podcast is made possible by listeners like you we'd love to thank Charles, Lindsay, Spencer, and Joshua. To support this podcast to sustain future episodes, visit anchor.fm forward slash Skull Rock Podcast. I'm Kristen Hetzel, vacation planner, world traveler, Disney foodie, and theme park fan. I'm Al John Go. I'm the husband who's also Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel Comics fan. 
And together, we host a Disney List podcast. Every week, you'll hear us list our favorite things about Disney theme parks, films, shows, travel, Marvel, and Star Wars in a top 10 list, rankings, and more. That's an impressive list. Subscribe to the Disney List podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast platform. You can even stream us on Sorcerer Radio at srsounds.com and check out our live shows on Facebook, the Disney List podcast. Visit thedisneylist.com.